If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 222. This is our 2022 <laughs> 3M Open plus Kazoo Classic Tips Podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selections. For this week's PGA and DP World Tour action, good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit BeGambleAware.org for more info and, of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews, tournament strokes gained analysis, tournament form statistics, form charts including combined course plus current form, our PGA Tour and DP World Tour predictive optimizers. All of these features, like this podcast, are completely free of charge with no paywall. We are available on Twitter. Paul is at Golf Betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. There was plenty of chat on the Facebook group during the Open last week. Uh, please look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Please subscribe and like the shows. And... Let's get to the, oh, I know a lot of listeners, they, they love this part of the show, chaps, the five-star reviews. We did get some decent reviews coming last week, so thank you to each and every one of you. As I always say, we need more, so leave your name and where you are in the review, and I will read them out on a future show. So keep them coming. Here's one, superb podcast on golf betting, five stars, really enjoyable podcast. Huge amounts of info provided every week, really in-depth, but delivered with plenty of humour, and the chaps even occasionally pick a winner. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, (laughs) smiley face. Thanks for your efforts, chaps. Much appreciated, and keep up the good work. And that is from Lewis, and Lewis is in the lovely county of Shropshire in the UK. Thank you, Lewis. Much appreciated. Yeah, thanks, Lewis. Yeah, we, we do like to occasionally pick a winner. Clearly not last week at the Open, but um, we live to fight another day. Yeah, we did great last week, didn't we? <laughs> Cheers, Lewis. <laughs> now, it's hot. There's no... Uh, there's, 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 I don't know about you, chaps, but in my recording area, it's roasting. That's the, I've been listening to all these podcasts and watching YouTube content over the last few days, and literally everyone on them is, you can just see the sweat flying <laughs> out of them because they're having to shut themselves in a room, keep the sound down, the quality of the podcast record, and they are frying alive. And we're in the same situation this morning. It looks like it's going to, I saw in my car yesterday 39.5 degrees Celsius when I went to pick my son up at uh, 4.30 in the afternoon. Mm. Now, I've never seen that in the UK, that level of heat. No, And I'm 49 years of age. It's pretty toasty. It is toasty. 
It, it makes you appreciate, actually, when players go to somewhere like the 3M Open this week and you're seeing in your weather forecast, you know, 34, 37 degrees Celsius. You think, mm, that's, and that's this is what they're kind of playing in a lot of weeks of the year. So uh, show, this this golf uh, calendar can be quite, uh, quite especially for the guys on the PGA Tour, the, the actual extreme heat a lot of them play in from week to week. Shows you you have to be quite fit to do uh, to do the golf game. Yeah, it's, it's hotter over here though, guys, isn't it? If, if it, when it's when it's warmer, it feels hotter over here in the UK and in Ireland as well, Barry, doesn't it? Well, because we're, well, we're not acclimatized to it. Yeah, you know, we've got yeah. like your your blood stays a bit thicker when you're in cooler climates, so it takes a while to adjust. So if the guys are on tour over there in the states, you know, for two or three weeks at a time, um, you know, they will start to adjust to it. If they're there for longer stretch, then yeah, it's, it's it doesn't hit you as hard, but um, still and the aircon that they've got in most rooms that we have them. Yeah, but if you're out in the court, you're out in the course of five, you're, they're outside for minimum, let's say five and a half, six hours, including warm up and then practice, and then they're full round. And they're, I mean, it baffles me why they're still um, forced to wear trousers. I cannot understand how the PJ Tour hasn't just jumped on that and done the whole shorts thing straight away. Um, it's another chance to change the little old school thing on the tour. Um, yeah. You know, look, yes, the trousers looks kind of cool and professional and all that stuff as well. But there's player welfare to consider, too. And sometimes they're playing in temperatures that are absolutely bananas. So anyway, off off the rant about trousers. Can we talk about can we talk <laughs> well, so about far week? in this very insightful podcast that Lewis, <laughs> yeah. uh, that, uh, that Lewis was talking about? We've, we talked about extreme heat. And uh, players wearing shorts. It's the, it's the kind of content that people are flocking to. What we're trying to do, listeners, is put off this inevitable chat about the Open Championship last uh, last week. <laughs> My Open Championship boiled down to... Oh, first things to say, congratulations to all of you that were on Cameron Smith. Uh, we did get right the kind of... We did get right the idea of the weather and the, and the actual scoring. So, 20 under won it. Which I think tied uh, what Henrik Stenson did a few years ago when he won in that duel against Phil Mickelson. But let's forget about the scoring. We had a lot and a lot of toing and throwing and debate on the Facebook group about St Andrews not being. You know, how can you let a, a, a major be won at twenty under and the course isn't fit for purpose anymore? And then there was a lot of debate saying, you know, you don't you. You don't know what you're talking about. It's a Lynx golf course. And if the wind had been blowing at 35 miles an hour from the southwest all week, the scores would have been four under, which is absolutely valid. And probably, you know, that's Lynx golf at the end of the day. And we say it year in, year out. Lynx golf and the difficulty of the scoring is all about the wind strength. Um, so anyway, we'll, let, let, let's part that. But congratulations to Cam Smith backers. There were masses and masses and masses and masses of them. I took a grab Monday as the markets formed and he was 28 to 1 uh, with William Hill that nine places each way um, promotion so congrats if you're on cam and uh, many thousands of you are my uh, my open championship betting card boiled down to Kevin Kisner in the end and um, I was sitting there with a with a glass of something cold watching the leaderboard and watching a bit of the golf in the garden and I, I just harked back to how cruel golf betting can be. Because I backed him with bet three six five at two hundred and fifty to one, eight places each way. And you think at the time you think, well, yeah, you, 
that's a great price, which it was, fantastic price. And uh, and you're comparing it to what other bookmakers are offering. Now, Kevin Kisner was as short as 100 to 1 with other books that were offering more each-way places. And at that very point, you're then sitting there going, well, he's tied ninth, coming up to the par 5 on the back side on Sunday. Good God, I wish I had more places on my bet. But, you know, when you're sitting there on a, on a Monday or a Tuesday and you're thinking, well... I I cannot, I cannot physically take the step between 250 to 1 for 8 places and 125 to 1 for 10. That gap is far too wide. I'm, I'm doubling my stake effectively here for 2 places. Yep. Doubling, doubling my odds for 2 places. I cannot, I cannot stomach that huge gap. No, it's a judgment, Steve, isn't and it? And it's a judgment thing, isn't it? But at the end of the day, it mattered. Uh, it, it didn't matter at all because he started throwing in a couple of bogeys on the back nine and, and the dream was over. I mean, 250 to one, if he'd have got top eight, I was sitting there, you know, we all worked. Well, I think we all had the same bet. We were all sitting there on a 50 to one each way return. Mm. And it's that, that is golf betting, isn't it? You're literally on a knife edge with a player that's right there with a huge chance and it can go either one way or it just goes the other and all of a sudden it's a, just a total and utter disaster. I did also have Cantley in the places as well. So Cantley actually brought me a little bit back. But um, interesting with Cantley. I think that's the first major for quite a while he's actually kind of been a factor in. So that might be something to take him take on board when we get to the Masters in 2023. Yeah, only 260-odd days left until we get there, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, should, 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 let, let's keep let's keep this pain as short as possible. So let's just just go through you. You two talk about your Open Championship, and let's try and get it done in a couple of minutes, uh, and then just kind of ease the pain. Go on, Barry. You try I, and get in there. I was about to say I can tell you that having Kisner twelve places was just as painful. Oh, you had him twelve. What price were you on that? Uh, I've already forgotten. It doesn't and matter. And you, you had you, you had the exchange, win. so you did the mix and match, didn't you? So you had places, I, and you had you had it on the exchange as well, which was clearly exactly yeah. at that point. Yeah. So mm. no, no, not at all. I mean, the exchange was dead, dead, and buried. That, that was hole, dead though. within nine holes on uh, for Thursday. Yeah, and it's it's sometimes it's like ripping off the band aid when your bet dies immediately. You're like, okay, we're like we, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Let's start. In, I mean, I didn't even. Um, I didn't even put on a bet and running during the tournament. Uh, once, once kind of, I think once Friday morning had materialized, I realized I was just, nothing was going to happen. And um, I just, I'm just going to sit down and watch it and enjoy, enjoy the tournament. And then that little bit of hope of Kisner on Sunday morning um, was, <clears throat> was dashed. So um, look, it was a bit of a pain from a betting perspective, but like forgetting that, I, I really enjoyed watching it. I watched a, an enormous amount of it and you know i've lots of thoughts on the on the course and the championship and the way it all went down and different permutations of it but i i really enjoyed the whole week um i thought the best golfers um found their way to the top of the leaderboard um there were various ways to avoid getting to the top of the leaderboard death by a thousand cuts where you just cannot stop making bogeys or you could have uh, little mini blow-ups, doubles and triples. And, you know, yes, it's, it was more of a drive and pitch or drive and put course, but that was the challenge this week. It's it's a shame that it's kind of got to that, but I thought overall um, it was a fascinating watch. 
So, yeah, I don't know. I think it would be interesting to see uh, a ball change uh, for the pros at least before they go back there in um, 2030 because if they don't do something about it, they, most of the fields will be driving like, what, eight or nine of the par fours by that stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but for the most part, yeah, very, very enjoyable week. Um, and Cam Smith deserved to win. He, uh, he showed up on Sunday and, you know, had a really hot putter when it mattered and Rory had uh, had a cold putter on Sunday unfortunately yeah, yeah I, that, that, I, go on go on sorry you go yeah ultimately that's um, it's going to be the differentiator in fact we've seen it before with Cam Smith haven't we where that putter can just catch fire at the point at which it, it, it leads him to, to win a golf tournament and would he come back in 30 strokes in the end Rory he burnt a lot of edges didn't he on the final day and you know, on another day it could have been could have been so different for him, but you can't take that away from Cam Smith. As you say, there were so many backers. Um, he, he must have been the single most um, individually backed player of that tournament, for yeah. from what I could see. And, uh, must have been very damaging for the bookmakers. That really, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's uh, certainly certainly a week for the punters. Um, Cam Smith, not Cam Smith. Cam Young caught the eye again, didn't he? And that's the second really strong. Major performance from him over the last few few weeks and months. After what was he third at the US PGA in the end? I think wasn't he? Yeah. It's up inside the top twenty in the world now. Um, I, yeah, we're fully expecting him to to get that PGA Tour win. But um, I put certainly... a comment on Facebook group yesterday. People will be slagging Cam Young off in a few events time. Oh, trouble with Cam Young doesn't win. <laughs> He's a bottler. bottler. Bottler can't win. And then yeah. you'll probably find he'll do exactly yeah. what Scotty Scheffler did next year. He'll win one and then boom, all of a sudden Cam Young's a regular winner on the PGA Tour. Mm, Just to yeah. put this into context, I actually manually rank, got all the strokes going data yesterday. Cam Smith was 19th for tee to green, which isn't what you kind of usually see on any event. And of course, he was first by quite a considerable amount in terms of strokes gained putting. Yep. Well, that was evident from what you could eyeball on Sunday. I know, I know he's got to do it for the rest of the event, but when Cam, Sm- Cam Smith's on fire, it's that putter that does all the damage. His magic wand. There's an interesting... In, in, in terms of... I was trying to think about why or how we missed picking Smith and ended up kind of looking at Xander and, and other options. And... I think it's. I think we can very easily dismiss a couple of poor weeks for a player as, oh no, his form has tailed off, which you know on the face of it was probably what we saw for Cam Smith, like oh oh, and then he had one, you know, he played okay at Scottish Open, but before that it had been messy, and yeah. like, it was just one thing I wouldn't consider in that. I heard on I don't know where it was, but during the week that he had focused his game you know obviously focused on timing his uh, form to come hot for this week and so i never really thought about it that a guy could almost per- not purposely but just be messing around to such an extent yeah. i don't know i have i just haven't kind of thought about it in, in that sort of approach like that he was trying to time his um getting you know just trying to time himself for it um it was i just consider it as oh no he's not playing that great but yeah. uh, show, shows how good he is to be able to like peak and nail us this one week. 
Well, tenth, tenth, as you say, at the Scottish Open was Scottish Open was a um, was a good signal that he'd uh, he'd found something or, or that he was playing well enough. There was there was an on course interview. I forget which day it was. It was either Tuesday or Wednesday where um, he was playing a practice round and uh, they they came over and talked to him about what he'd played and the holes that he'd played and it basically said it was a very light warm up for him. He, you know, he, he wasn't going round and religiously playing full rounds of St Andrews before to to get himself acquainted with uh, with the course and to prepare himself. It was it was really just a case of, you know, loosen up the shoulders and be ready for Thursday and yeah, at the end of it that's precisely the way that uh, you know, that it worked for him. He, he was he was fresh and uh, and ready to go. Ready to Missed win. The, missed the cut of the US Open. So that yeah. uh, that that other trends completely uh Shot to pieces. If you actually go through the trend and all the work we did, Rory McIlroy would have been the rightful winner. And to be fair, he was in control of that tournament. He, yep. I think he he would he would have, if Rory had won, he was the rightful favourite. If Rory had won, that trend would have continued. Blah 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 blah. But can, uh, can you think of another elite player? I'm talking elite level player in the last 10, 15 years that can putt as well as Cam Smith when he's on a roll. Well, Jordan Spieth when he was at his best, and you could see Spieth winning events in a similar kind of fashion, where mm. the, the putter just does all the damage. But uh, yeah. Smith is outstanding, isn't he? You, you stand him over a fifteen twenty footer, and right now there's very few players in the world you'd rather have standing over that putt. Yeah, if at all. Mm. That was that was it. Like the the, re- the true ones were like Spieth and then Tiger back in his pump. Yep. Justin Thomas, I think, had a streak of maybe three or four months where it, everything he looked at went in. But yeah, um, certainly that's doesn't you know that hasn't been sustained as long as Smith. Like it's, it's unbelievable. Mm. Um, it was kind of fun. I mean, as much as I was cheering Rory, like not having any kind of financial skin in the game, kind of made the final round quite enjoyable to watch. You know, because I really like Cam Smith as well. Um, and so, as gutting as it was that Rory didn't win, still it was a very satisfying win as a as a viewer. It wasn't like a, I don't know, somebody who who is not kind of top of my list. So, yeah, I'm not even going to have the conversation about did Rory McIlroy throw it away because, um, yeah, I'm not even entertaining. I just think but it was I a, don't think I, I just I think, think it, what... I just think it was a particularly well. It's just it was a, a amazing. A major championship with you know, three players that got themselves to the head of the leaderboard, and and you know when you're when you're hitting five birdies on the trot on the back nine of a major, that's someone that's someone winning a major, not someone throwing it away. Oh, and no, the, about- clue, and and then you got Rory, of course, that didn't make a bogey in his last, uh, in, you know, in, on Sunday. So that that isn't throwing a major away in any way, shape, or form. No, I was about to say like that's like that's a very you know, just probably not a fair way to kind of even or fair phrase to even bring up. Um, no. Just he had, he had I thought he just hit it a bit too safe, but then one of my friends pointed out to me that he actually had a bunch of good chances early on, and uh, when I thought about it, oh my god, he actually did because it seemed like there were a few holes where he hit it way too safe, but just just a cold day with the putter. Yeah. How how fun how funny like just I mean let's move on a little bit from Rory how funny is it like poor Cam Young like shoots sixty five on the final day of a major now it felt I don't think it was quite a competing second place because of that eagle at the last like yeah. he wasn't fu- was he fully fully 
he, he got that really hot start, which I suppose it's just, it's weird. It feels like it was all about Cam Smith, but Cameron Young was probably like there or had it at so, such a stage, but that streak of five birdies, it's a phenomenal final range, really entertaining. Yeah, it's just hard, hard to kind of put it into words really, I suppose. But um, yeah, it kind of bridged that gap with the eagle at the last. And to, I mean, that was brilliant in a way because it forced Smith to make that putt. You know, it wasn't a kind of a freebie then. Yeah, it was worth, worth what, half a million dollars or something to him, Cam Young, that, uh, that eagle at the last. That's, that's nice. We've now He's, got some statistics on tour tips, Paul. He's been backfilled by uh, Stanley, uh, which I haven't seen so far. Uh, Cam Young was second for driving distance, 320. Rory, first for driving distance, 324. Fleetwood finished fourth, 314 off the tee, ranked 10th for driving distance. Hovland, Tied fourth, three fourteen off the tee, tie eleventh uh, for driving distance. So second, first, tenth, eleventh in the top five. Cam Smith, driving distance, three oh two, sixty first for driving distance. Mm. I assume that's all drive, all drive, Steve. Is it? Uh, I can tell you. I think that. I think. I think those particular driving dis. It's difficult to tell whether they're all yeah. or whether they are just on a couple of designated holes. I couldn't tell you. I don't know where Sandy's pulled it. He must have pulled the, it off uh, the uh, open website. Yeah, yeah. One, but yes, one last thought on you. I mean that just shows you that St Andrews was just yeah. It's it was playing it was playing bomber bomber friendly. Um, apart from Cam Smith, who just putted lights out. His putting average though was actually um, a putting average. It was actually less than Cam Young's. One point five seven for Young Smith. One point six three, but Smith. 85% greens in regulation, which is pretty phenomenal. Clearly, uh, the approach play and the putting won it for him over just pure driving. He's insane. No, he's still 303 off the tee. It's hardly, um, it's not pedestrian, is it? But yes, bomber friendly, but uh, inevitably a, a true bomber didn't actually win it, which we have seen before with Zach Johnson. Shall we move on? Shall we actually move on to the guy? I know we don't really want to. The week after a major is always bad, and the, and the week after the last major is always particularly painful. Uh, it used to be the Wyndham Championship, didn't it, after the PGA Championship, but now we've got the 3M Open. Uh, the, 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 the 3M Open in Minnesota is our uh, PGA Tour stop-off this week. Um, looks like we've got some withdrawals overnight as well. Which uh, I need to. Mark Hubbard looks like he's disappeared, and Charles Howard the third. I'm just looking at uh, yeah, the there's quite a few. There's a few. There's a few decided they can't be asked. Um, I tell you, I've got a question, and I've I am still seeing players that have gone to live in the top 125 in a FedEx Cup. I would love to know from one of the listeners what's actually happening there. So for this, are we going to have a situation where the FedEx Cup is actually going to be 120 players? Because, for example, if there was five live players in the 125, clearly they're not going to play. Or are they going to extend it out to 126 to 130 and they get in? Don't know. I can't see that happening because they're effectively handing out two of cards for 125, aren't they? Yep. But I'm still seeing I'm still seeing live players in loads of in in all the PGO Tour statistics and in the FedEx Cup standings, and clearly they're not going to be playing in the FedEx Cup playoffs. So I don't know. I would love to know what the situation with that with that is. That all seems to have been either not mentioned or I've missed it. 
So if anyone can clear that up, email us or tweet or do whatever way you can to contact us. Right, this week, 3M Open. Uh, Tony Finau is the four, T2 is 14 to 1 this week. The favourite, which is slightly concerning. 16 to 1 Hideki. 20 to 1 Sung Jm. We've got that sprinkle of quality at the top end. And then we're kind of, I wouldn't say back to alternate kind of Barbasol levels, but it's pretty weak. Uh, McNeely, 25s. Adam Hadwin is 25s in a place. Davis Riley. Sahith Tigala, Cam Davis, all 25 to 1. Cameron Tringali, 28 to 1. He's on the post-it note of doom at my end. Brendan Steele at 35 to 1 with Ches Reevy, Adam Long. We're out uh, also JT Poston, who won a few weeks ago. And then we're out to 40 to 1, Martin Laird. 45 to 1, your friend and mine, Barry Adam Svensson. I wouldn't be surprised if you're on Svensson. Uh, and Nick Hardy is a 45, to, uh, he's 40 to 1 actually, Nick Hardy. We're then 50 to 1 and above there, gutter up, Ryan Palmer, uh, Brendan Todd and Jason Day sitting there at 60 to 1. It's not the best. I don't mind it as a betting heat. I don't mind it and I don't mind the tournament actually. Um, I remember the first year we came here, I was on DeChambeau. He got beaten by Matthew Wolfe who was 175 to 1 that particular week to win the tournament. And we have seen some quite juicy winners win this. Uh, Champ, sorry, Champ was 150, Thompson 125. Uh, Champ was 150, Thompson 125, Wolf was 175. So the, so the overall winning average of this tournament so far is 150 to 1. That's pretty mad. The tournament itself takes place at TPC Twin Cities, part of the TPC network. It's an Arnold Palmer design. Um, I categorise it as resort, but actually, if the wind blows, this becomes a bit more mid-score, as, well, as we saw last year. I think 15 under won it last year. It's a par 71. It's pretty long, 7,400 yards for a 71. I always think, this tournament and this golf course reminds me a little bit of PGA National, where they played the Honda Classic, because there are 15... This is what makes me laugh about this golf course. There's 15 of the 18 holes with water in play, and Tony Finau plays it every year. Work that one out. He's actually got a decent record here, so maybe I'm slightly unfair with, with Tony on courses that feature water. Uh, the greens here are 6,500 square feet, so they're not quite St Andrews, but they're a lot bigger than the ones we've been seeing on the PGA Tour recently, which have been closer to 5,000, if not smaller. Uh, they feature bent grass greens. Two of the three winners in Matthew Wolfe and Cameron Champ are what I would classify as extreme bombers. That's something that was in my mind. Clearly, Michael Thompson isn't and never will be. Got a great beard, Michael Thompson. I'm quite jealous of his beard, it has to be said. Yeah, not sure that um, um, improves his driving distance, Mike. I don't think it helps on the driving distance side of things, no. But um, great beard, Michael Thompson. 
I noticed he managed to squeak himself back into the 125 yesterday, uh, last week, with mm. a um, with the spots. Yeah, starting uh, to get that point of the year, isn't it? Where needs yeah. must. Needs must. One player who I did actually look at for this, um, it, it's just an angle, isn't it? I mean, I, I tried to play Matt Wallace a few weeks ago because he's in serious card issues. Um, he needs to do something at some point, otherwise he's losing his PGA Tour playing privileges. So... There are some players down in that that 150, 125 range that you could look at just because they are simply right. You know, they're they're in the mud at the moment. They're in they're in serious trouble, um, and they need to they need to pull something out of the fire. Otherwise, they're not playing PJ Tour golf next year. Um, so that's an angle to look look at. I think it, it's your usual suspects in it. Chess and Hadley is one that could pop up this week. Sam Ryder's in a bit of trouble. Uh, and Matt Wallace is sitting 150 to 1. You know, a couple of years ago when Wallace was in the world's top 50. Uh, Harry Higgs is another. Higgs, is, Higgs started to percolate last week. Um, he always plays well in California. Higgs is um, outside the 125 by quite, a, quite a, a, a stretch at the moment. The one I might have added at a big, big price was Brandon Haggy. He's a huge bomber uh, and has played well here in the past. He is struggling to keep any kind of playing privileges at the moment, so Haggy needs a result. Um, the other one that did kind of pop up, and I couldn't, I just couldn't stretch there. Was, he, he got a top five last week and hits the ball a long way. This Scott Gutchewski. I don't know if he if he could have a follow up week. Scott Kutchewski. Yeah, he's um, one of those players that catches your eye, given that his price hasn't... Well, he's still at least 200 to no. 1 or thereabouts, I think. Um, still 250 to 1 out there. Mm. And he's, that's off a of top five. Yeah, yeah, a lower mm. grade. Well, a, a low grade, anyway. But yes. uh, this, this isn't much higher, mate. No, no, it's not, no. no. <laughs> isn't, I did semi-correct myself then, yeah. But yeah. Mm. Um, I've gone down the bomber route. Um, so, weather-wise, it's actually this. It seems to do this here every year. I you pull the preview together on a Monday, and it looks pre, you know pretty calm and nothing. And all of a sudden, you keep checking Windfinder, and all of a sudden the wind starts poking up. Um, I think we're looking at fifteen to twenty Thursday, uh, gusting fifteen on Friday. So nothing huge. Uh, weekend looks again gusting fifteen throughout northerly winds. I wouldn't be surprised temperature-wise if it looks like it's kind of like here at the moment. 32 to 35 Thursday and Friday. Cools a little at the week, on the weekend to 29 degrees and 27 degrees Celsius. I think, again, it's going to be a typical 16, 17 under. I think with the wind forecast as it was yesterday, I was predicting more 18 to 19. So I think 16 to 17 wins this. I do see when I look into the winners here, and you also look at uh, players of the ilk of Deshambo, Morikawa, and Wolf. I mean, that was a great 2019. You had Morikawa, Deshambo, and Matthew Wolf fighting it out for victory here. Clearly, that was at the very early start of um, Wolf and Morikawa's PJ Tour careers, and Wolf has now cleared off to live. But 
I've, looking at looking at courses where they've done well is an angle for me. And also, I've gone back to look at someone like Kenny Perry. Now, Kenny Perry's record on this golf course is crazy when they played the seniors tour here. It's absolutely mad what Kenny Perry did here. He was a three-time winner on this golf course, 2014, 15, and 18. He was also second, third, seventh, and seventh. So you think to yourself, well, if Kenny Perry loves this golf course so much, where did Kenny Perry go well when he was on the PGA Tour? 12 tour titles Kenny Perry had. He had three wins at Muirfield Village. So that, that connects straight away to Bryson DeChambeau and that connects straight away to someone like Colin Morikawa. He was a two-time winner at Colonial. Both of those have done well at Colonial. Um, and also wins at PGA West, that the old Bob Hope lottery. TPC Deer Run, Deer, uh, obviously the John Deere Classic. TPC Scottsdale, where they play the Phoenix Open, and TPC River Highlands, where they play the Travellers. So those are all events that Kenny Perry won. And I do see across, even you look at someone like an Adam Hadwin, who's got an excellent record here, Adam Hadwin. Done well at the John Deere Classic, done well at Colonial, decent record at Phoenix. So there's something in these courses and players that can play well on these courses that seem to feed into winners here. So that's an angle that I've also taken on it. Um, let's face it; it's a <laughs> it's a bit of a it's a bit of a dartboard this week, isn't it? Who who do you go with? I have gone for Sahith Tigala up top, twenty five to one, eight places each way with William Hill. I think forty PGO Tour events Tigala's now played, and I I just love what this guy does. He's a proper proper golfer, Sahith Tigala. And just look in 2022 where this guy has done well. Right, third at Scottsdale. Kenny Perry's won there, tick. Fifth at Muirfield Village. Three-time winner, Kenny Perry there, tick. He also finished second at River Highlands when he was standing on the last tee, tied with Xander Schauffele a few weeks ago. You just look at those three places, he had top five finishes, all Kenny Perry country, definitely. He's also had, um, last year he dropped down to the Corn Ferry. Well, he didn't drop down, but he played the Corn Ferry to get back onto the PGA Tour to qualify for this year. Finished fourth at Ohio State University. So he, he seems to play well in this kind of Midwest area anyway. I just think Tagala, 16th at the John Deere Classic. That was the week after the meltdown on the 72nd hole at the Travellers. I think he shot a 79 on opening day at the John Deere Classic, so he'd have been down in like the last place. He then finished 16th in the end, cleared the cobwebs, got back to how he's been playing. And then last week, I can't, you know, I'm sitting there watching the goal from Friday and you just see Sahith Tagala creeping up and he started, he got into the top eight going into Saturday at St Andrews last week, Tagala. On his first ever visit to St Andrews at an Open Championship on a Lynx golf course, you just think this guy is a bit of a special talent. So if there's, if if you're looking at a talented sort that you know that's close to winning their major PGA Tour title, I think Tigala's got to be very close, if not at the top of that list at the moment. So I'm on him at twenty-five to one. I also put Cam Davis in there. Cam Davis is. For me, he's a future top 50 in the world player. I don't think that's too far away. Still in the mix for President's Cup spot. And he's coming in here off of 8th 
at the John Deere Classic, sixth at the Barracuda. He's had a top 10 at Colonial. He's also had a third at PJ West. Um, a winner last year at Detroit Golf Club, and he defends that 3M Open title next week. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing as well. I just think Cam Davis is playing the kind of golf. He's a long off the tee, very free scoring. He was 12th here in 2020, coming off form of miscut, 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 miscut. Um, and he was sick that year going into Sunday. So I think if you put Cam Davis in sick this Sunday, based upon how his career's progressed, now he's a PGA Tour winner, now he's challenging for President's Cup spots. So I think he's up to top 70 in the world now. 73rd in the world, Cam Davis. I think Davis would hang around and challenge for that win. If you put him in a situation this Sunday, I'd, I'd like him in sixth spot this Sunday, going into the final round. So at the top, I've taken 25 to 1 on Davis. I've taken 25 to 1 on Tigala. Um, I need a I need a slurp of tea. Can you two help me out with some tips or some views, please? Yeah, well, I've only backed two personally. Um, one of them was um, Mark Hubbard, who's um, sadly disappeared from the betting, which is a bit disappointing because I, I quite he realised you put a fiver on him, mate. So it's, uh, yeah, it's game over that stuff. <laughs> and he has play, he has played quite a bit, a bit of golf recently, so. Yeah. Um, I could kind of understand that he may be a bit jaded, but coming off the back of third and fourth place finishes and um, 16th here last year, um, I was really quite excited about his prospects this week, but that's uh, that's put paid to that. The one the, the one I have back that hasn't actually dropped out yet is uh, the big Swede, Henrik Norlander, who I, I, I've not even looked to see what his FedEx Cup um, position is because it must be extremely bad. Um, yeah, he's missed there, something yeah. like he's missed something like thirteen of sixteen cuts or something like that this this calendar year so far. But last week, thirty first overall, kind of masks the fact that he was in second spot going into the um, weekend and third spot going into the final day at the uh, Barracuda, and um, playing some much better stuff compared to where he was previously um, and previously in the in the year for twenty twenty two as well. Twenty third here at the 3M on his one and only start back in 2020. And actually improved all the way through that. 70-70 first two rounds, then 67-65. So got to grips with the course. Um, comes back here, having shown that spark of form. And this is a guy, he's extremely streaky. If you look through his record, there's an awful lot of missed cuts in there. Yet, every now and again, there's that real nugget of form. Um, fourth at the Sanderson Farms in 2020. Second at the Farmers Insurance Open back in 2021. Um, mm. You know, just the odd, decent contending performance and uh, 200 to one. Um, I was happy to take that on, but yeah, he's the, he's the only bet that I've still got standing at the moment. So I'm going to have to take a deeper look and see if there's something else I can use my refunded Mark Hubbard money for. <laughs> Although, that, to be fair, a refunded um, stake on Mark Hubbard could be a good result for the week. So. Uh, yeah, we should see. It is yeah. one of those weeks where really you just want to probably go to Skegness and enjoy the week <laughs> rather than get involved with the betting. But we can't do that because we have to cover every week of the uh, of the PJ Tour and the DP World Tour. Um, what about you, Barry? Um, I haven't looked too deep into it. Surprise, surprise! But um, it's kind of blind back to Svensson. Guy's mm. playing well. <clears throat> Steve, I got Steve to the stage the, where I could have added Adam Svensson or I could have added Chris Gotterub. 
and I added Chris Gotterub, and you've gone for the one that's probably going to win it. So congratulations. That's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got yeah, Gotterup's on the temporary um, post-it note because he, uh, you know, should he shouldn't have played the week that we backed him. So yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, Svensson and another one that was just trying to find something at long odds uh, without putting. I, I just this golf tournaments the week after majors. Just I need decompression time, so just, I don't have the the mental capacity to dig too deep into things. Um, so I just want to grab a couple of quick bets. Almost it's it's a bit irresponsible and loose, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, one I came on to was Michael Gligich. Mm. Mm. Don't know if I've named the, the name is correct, but um, 26 and a 49th here the last two years. Um, come, you know, top 40 in his last four events, including a top 10 three ago, and hitting plenty of gr- looking a bit deeper into that than beyond it before I put the bet on. He's um, last two events, very good greens and regulation. Um, sorry, last three events, particularly the John Deere and the Barbasol, which uh, you can get stats for. Um, he's kind of got to that like mid-teens score under par, so he was uh, over a hundred to one. If you look at my top strokes gained current form last eight weeks, Brendan Steele is number one, Nick Hardy number two. He was level with Charles Howard third, and Charles has decided he's going to stay in Florida for the week. Um, Tony Finau is tied with Michael Gligich. That's how well Gligich has been playing, and it's all the putter. All putting. He ranks second the last eight weeks for strokes gained putting behind the one and only Brendan Todd, who, as we know, is a decent putter. So Gligic is seeing the hole like a bucket at the moment. The it's not Smith a bad effect. thing in a bit of a birdie fest, is it? It has to be said. I think he's Canadian, mm. Gligic. So I he think is. the bent grass and the... You know, we're in we're in uh, Minnesota. You know, we're up in the kind of territory that Gligic will feel very at home at. I did have a very close He's... look at Gligic. What price did you get on him? Uh what did I do? I went for the longest. Hang on, one ten. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad one. Not a bad one. Yeah, he's from Ontario, which is. I guess not a million miles away from Minnesota in the grand scheme of the size of the world. No, it depends. What sorry, I need to I need to dig into what part of Ontario he's from. But yeah, I mean it's it's bordering on Minnesota. I tell you the one I went with at the end at that price point, one hundred and ten to one. I got this on Bet three six five, and Pete, ooh, eight places each way are fifty odd. Now I used their extra places functionality, each way extra. Bet three six five. So their standard proposition is five places each way a quarter of the odds, as we know. But you can then go onto their app and scan through, and they were off. They were offering yesterday eight places each way a fifth the odds. I think it was nine places each way at a sixth the odds. Paul, is that correct? Uh, I think it was. Was it ten, ten at the seventh? Something like that. Ten at the yeah. seventh. Yeah. You, basically, it's a grid grid matrix. You can choose what you want. Now, I managed to pick up Callum Taron on there with Bet Three Six Five. Eight places each way a fifth the odds. One hundred and ten to one. And I, that Callum Taron, I just think he's a talented lad, an English lad. County Durham. Uh, I say he's a lad, he's 31 years of age, but he's just been, ever since that opening round at Brookline where he was 
amazingly, I think, second or third place after round one at the US Open. It's just a player that I keep looking at. And wherever he plays, he's firing in low rounds and he just hasn't pieced the whole puzzle together. Apart, lo and behold, and we keep talking about correlating courses, sixth at John Deere Classic. Sorry, fifth. He was fifth. Uh, uh, where did he do? Where did he finish at the John Deere? I'm just looking. Uh, 67 was uh, the previous. Uh, he shot 68, 65, 65 at the TPC Deer Rump. Power Callum Harron to fifth place after 54 holes, where a 70 on Sunday saw him cash 248. I think he finished sixth. Yeah. Again, a guy that's lower down in the FedEx Cup, fighting like Gligic fighting for privileges for next year. So I, I think those two, I mean, I've gone for Taron, you're going for Gligic. I think there's worse bets out there at triple digits, ta- those two. Hmm. Just, it's it, the Bet365, the, their matrix pricing, we'll call it that for the time being. Um, I think they're starting to get a handle on it as well, or at least from a punter's perspective. So looking at Taron here, he's 110 for eight places, and then he's 125 for 10 places, one-seventh the odds. So when you break that down in your your place payout, Steve, it's nearly eighteen to one for your bet for eight places, and sorry, it's twenty two to one for your place for your uh, places um, bet, and then nearly eighteen to one if you took them for ten places. Yeah, hmm. it's so, something that's certainly caught my eye over the last couple of weeks on bet three six five. Yeah. Very interesting. You can basically choose. It's each way extra functionality they call it. Yeah, and you have you have to. It has to be in each way. You can't just take the price that's available for a single <laughs> on the on the nose. No, um, no, that's kind but, of in the title. Yes, yeah, each way extra. Yeah. But yes, yeah, yeah. No, you can't you can't just say, oh, I'll take the one hundred and ten win only. <laughs> I think they've clocked on to that one. So yeah, you're on Gligic at that one ten. I'm on Taron at one ten. I've got two others. Wyndham Clark. He needs to grow a set, but there's undoubtedly better things coming from Wyndham Clark at the moment. I'm seeing him hitting greens. I'm seeing him ranking quite highly at some tournaments, strokes gain T to green. And one thing we, or two things we know about Wyndham Clark, he bangs the ball a hell of a long way off the tee, and he's a very proficient putter. So I'm on him at 50 to 1 here. Uh, not the best price in the world. But I think the bookmakers are on to him. 10th at the Zurich team event, 7th at the Canadian Open, 16th at the Scottish Open a couple of weeks ago grabbed my attention. And then someone like Wyndham Clark goes and actually makes the cut at the Open. It just kind of raises... There's there's something good coming for Wyndham Clark. And I've told myself, I've absolutely told myself, Wyndham Clark is in this week, and Wyndham Clark, if he plays, is definitely playing next week at the Rocket Mortgage for me. I think something's coming for Wyndham. So I'm on him at 50 to 1 this week. I will also be on him at the Rocket Mortgage. Um, that course feels perfect. I think both of these courses feel perfect for him. Uh, Bombers golf courses in the main. The other one, I did go for Chris Gotter up because I know how golf betting works. Banged him up at the Barbasol. The bloke turned up at the golf course about, um, I don't know, 2.30 Wednesday afternoon. Oh, I've been on the beach at home and feel a bit tired. Uh, have you had a look at the golf course? No, I haven't looked at the golf course. I might hop on a buggy and have a look around it this afternoon. And you're just reading this interview and you're, go- you're just shaking your head going, oh my God. So I don't know who told him to go there, why he went there, why he didn't withdraw. Anyway, he shouldn't have been there. 
He's now rested. He's a he's a talented boy, this gutter up. Um, 43rd at the US Open, 35th at the Travellers, 4th at the John Deere Classic. Still fighting for special temporary PGA Tour membership. Um, we saw Wolf won here doing the same kind of thing. Morikara at that stage did that. We've seen it so many times now, these youngsters that just come on the scene late summer just start stringing results together to get special temporary membership. I'm on him at 50 to 1, got her up. So those are my five. Uh, Tigala, I've got Cam Davis, Chris Gotterup, Wyndham Clark, and Callum Tarran. Is that us, chaps, on the three moment? Should we move across the Atlantic? Yeah, I've to... got nothing. You, you got anything else, Barry? Nope, nope. Let's move it. Cool. Right, yeah. Kazoo Classic. Let's, let's move. Let's move to Southport, Paul. Yes. Let's get there. Let's move to sunny Southport. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kazoo Classic, second renewal of this event, actually. Um, last year, it was won by Callum Hill. Now, that was held at the London Golf Club. Uh, so, do bear that in mind. We're moving to Hillside, as Steve just said. That hosted the 2019 British Masters. Right, so just to clarify that, if you're looking at the stats this week on the site, um, and we've only got the combined stats because there's only last year to go for in terms of the renewal, Um You've also got 2019 on that uh, data, which is the course form 2021, which is the event form. So in short, if you're looking at the stats this week, look at 2019. That is Hillside Golf Club. That's the most relevant stats, I think, for this week. Um, yeah, well, that wrapped up. It does get a bit confusing on the DP World Tour when they change the names of these events and then uh, use courses that have been used for different events in the recent past it all gets very confusing anyway um Bea, back to the bread and butter really aren't we in the dp world tour it's a 144 man field although when i was pulling all the stats together yesterday only 139 players have been declared and there were no uh, alternates in the field either so i think there's going to be a few late invites you, you got uh you got a few days to go and play over in uh southport barry you might be able to get a start if you uh knock on the door and ask the right person and um, perhaps that had a few put, it, put, it, put in a word for me yeah everybody could do with a good laugh <laughs> oh, i think you probably do all right um yeah so maybe we'll get up to the 144 man field by the by the time we start we shall see 1.75 million euro prize fund so that puts it into context it's one of those second I've described it as the second rung from the bottom in terms of the uh, in terms of the status on the DP World Tour, so pretty low. It's, that's reflected really by the entry list and the odds. Robert McIntyre, Bob McIntyre is the favourite, twelve to one. Oliver Becker, twenties. Tristan Lawrence is twenty to one. Also, Adrian Otegi, twenty twos. Roman Langask, twenty two to one. Thjorbjorn Olsen, 25 to 1. He's been backed heavily. Eduardo Molinari, 25s. Richie Ramsey, also been backed heavily. He's available right now at 28 to 1 in places, but he looks like he'll go off closer to 20, 22 to 1, I'd imagine, um, given the level of support that's coming in for Richie at the moment. If you're looking for bookmakers, Boyles, Coral and Ladbrokes are all eight places, a fifth of the odds, so do check their prices out. As Steve alluded to a second ago, uh, there's also this each way extra 
proposition for Bet365. They're also running it for the Gazoo Classic. It wasn't up and running when I put my preview out yesterday, which is a shame because I could have picked and bet some players at different uh, different odds and different uh, combinations. But it's there now for the for listeners and users of Bet365. So do check it out. There's some good prices and combinations on there. The course, Hillside Golf Club. I said a second ago, it hosted the British Masters back in 2019. That was won by Marcus Kinholtz. He was a 175 to 1 shot that week. Before that, the last time we saw the course was back in 1982 on the what was then the European Tour. The seniors have played it since in 2013. There's also a bit of open qualifying form from 2014 through 2017, but it's pretty sparse otherwise. Um, in terms of the course setup, we're sticking with links. Um, we've got another links course. This is a proper links golf course as well. Um, we're going to Fairmont St Andrews next week, so we've got some more linksy um, coastal golf to come um, for next week as well, which is nice to see. Um, this course hillside sits on the same stretch of land. Um, it's the Gulf Coast over there on the uh, the west side of uh, of the UK. Same bit stretch of land that includes the likes of Royal Lytham and St Anne's, uh, Royal Birkdale, which backs onto the course as well. So it's proper old school links land that's been developed. And uh, uh, yeah, I guess the changes since we last saw it, um, it was last time in 2019 a sub 7,000 yard course. It looks like it's been extended. It's been listed at the moment as a 7,109 yard par 72. That's still not overly long, really, is it? You know, and unless we get a deluge between now and when the play starts, which is looking increasingly unlikely from the forecast I saw this morning, um, it should again play firm and fast. They've had not quite the same level of heat that we've had over here in the southeast of the um, of England in the last few days, but it's certainly been hot up there in the northwest. So um, it should play firm and fast. Typical linksy style as well. Pop bunkers, long fescue. Um, quite classical, actually, this one. There's a lot of dog legs um, and uh, certainly not a pushover. If you look at the 2019 event, 16 under was the winning total from uh, from Kinholtz. Fifth place was on 12 under. So you didn't have to go far down into the list before you got players in single digits under par who were still playing, uh, pl- still placing in in strong enough positions on the overall leaderboard. And if you got five par fives, uh, sorry, four par fives, none of them longer than 565 yards. Um, so outside of those, it suggests that the course does present a fairly uh, fairly stiff challenge. And particularly if you're not taking advantage of those par fives. Now, in terms of the temperature, and of course this is coastal golf, so we do need to consider what's happening with the wind. In terms of the uh, the forecast, this today, Tuesday, is the last day of the really hot temperatures over here in the, in England and the UK. Um, after that, we should be back down into what the low seventies Fahrenheit, so it's the low twenties centigrade. You might get a slight shower looking at the most recent forecast, but I doubt there's going to be any significant rain. So as I said, firm and fast. Wind, 10 miles an hour, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You might get up to 15 miles an hour on Sunday. But again, for a coastal course, that's nothing overly excessive. So um, in that respect, I don't I don't think it's going to be massively difficult from a wind perspective. I think the real challenge of the course will be underfoot with firm firm tight lies and uh, firm running uh, uh, fairways and uh, and tough greens potentially going back to 2019 I've really you know you, you could look at last year's kazoo classic london golf club but really i don't see any relevance in that i've used all of my 
um, research has been based on that 2019 British Masters. The top five here back then for reference, Marcus Kinnell, Robert McIntyre was second. He's the favourite this week, of course. Eddie Pepperell was second as well. Um, he's been quite heavily backed this week. Bit erratic, Eddie, as we know, but um, certainly capable on a linksy coastal course when he's playing his best golf. Matt Wallace was also tied for second that week. Richie Ramsey was the fifth-placed finisher. So that gives you a bit of a flavour, very um, Northern European um, biased in terms of that uh, leaderboard. Length of the tee wasn't an issue. Matt Wallace was the longest of the tee back then in 2019. He was 30th. Um, so again, a relatively short course. Suggests it's more about positional play um, and a bit of strategy rather than just out and out bombing. I think the only real stat that you can pick out of that data from uh, three years ago was putting in, in old school stats all Five of those top five finishers finished inside the top 24 for, for putts per greens and regulation. Uh, Kinnault was second for strokes game putting. Uh, McIntyre was fourth for strokes game putting. I think you've got to make some putts here. That seems to be the order of the day. Um, talked about the par fives. Kinnault was also 12 under for the par fives. So 16 under total, 12 under of that came from par fives. Ma- uh, Wallace was also 12 under. McIntyre was 11 under. I think you've got to take advantage of these long holes. Um, and try and hang on for the rest of the course is pretty pretty much the uh, the summary of this. Other than that, I don't think you can read much into Kinnault's form. He'd missed four cuts on the trot coming into this. So miscut, 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 win. That doesn't really help anyone out, I don't think. Explains his price, of course, 175 to 1. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's not going to give you a great deal of clues, I don't think. So other than that... You- You've only really got um, that event to go on and there's not much else you can dig into, I don't think. I think you're just going to have to um, play it with some gut feel this week. I've kept it quite tight on the back of that. I've backed just four and um, I've looked at the top of the market. McIntyre's the favourite. I can see that. Um, we've got a fantastic, op- oh, fantastic major record now. He maintained that last week. He's never missed a cut at a major. I looked at his post-major performances and for the two majors that he's played so far this year, he's missed the cut and his subsequent event both times. So um, I, just not for me. 34th last week is actually the best performance of any of the field in terms of their Open Championship performance coming into this week. But um, he's played a lot of golf, McIntyre. I, I can't have him at 12 to 1, just not for me. I was quite tempted on Thriston Lawrence, having seen him on the leaderboard last week, but then when I saw his price, second favourite this week, really, really didn't fancy that. Um, I do actually prefer Thriston on um, Shaw, uh, or, or um, Parkland-style courses rather than Linksy as well. So, um, yeah, both of those scrubbed off the list. The first one I backed as a result of all of that was Thurbjorn Olsen. Uh, 28 to 1 I got him yesterday on the preview he's been backed and he's been tipped in a few places 25 to 1 is the best price at the moment but I still think that's good um, he got his career back on track in the end didn't he with that win at the Belfry um, only just got an eagle birdie finished to win at the Belfry um, having seemingly thrown it away and then uh, then grappled it back over the last two holes um, but that's got his career back on track, I'm sure. Became a father recently, and that whole British Airways flight incident which now been resolved. It's got to be a thing of the past, I think, in terms of Olsen's um, history and, uh, and and the way that he approaches the rest of his career. Now, that was actually his sixth career win at the Belfry. Um, if you look at some of his other wins, 
Uh, Vidura, he won the Sicilian Open back in 2012. That's a Lynxy style course. He won the Alfred Dunhill Lynx back in 2015. I vaguely remember you being on him at some obscene price that week as well, Steve. Um, and uh, he kind of came on that off the back of very little form, but so there's a bit more tangible form here this week. Um, I think, yeah, really, you look at those, uh, he's got the credentials for another Lynx win. Eighth at the Irish Open recently, top strokes game putting that week, which is something I've been looking for in my team this week. 30th last time out of the Scottish, didn't play the Open, 30th at the Scottish Open. He topped the driving accuracy stat this week, no, uh, that week. Another interesting point with um, with Olsen is if you can pick out these kind of micro trends with Olsen and something's really firing in his game, the putter or the driver, um, if he can find any kind of spark with the irons this week, um, he could go really, really close to winning that uh, lucky seventh <laughs> How many title. times he won on the um, DP World Tour, Odeon? Six now, so this, this, this will be seven, yeah. So if you look at that top of that, that betting board, McIntyre, Becker, Tristan Lawrence, Langask, Torbjorn Olsen, Eduardo Molinari. Yep. He's by far the most winningest player out of anyone in this field, I'd suggest. Yeah, well, Eduardo's got a, got a few but older, further back, hasn't he? But the other guys you just mentioned, one at best, aren't they? Mm. Just, I mean, how many has Richie Ramsey won over the years? Not that many, I'd say. Yeah, uh, I, I struggle with Ramsey. Someone asked me the question on Twitter the other day, and um, it's undoubtedly playing some better stuff. And, you know, he was fifth here on the course back in 2019, so he could put two and two together. But, at the, you know, at what is an almost identical price, I think I'd much rather, I would much rather have Olsen over, over Ramsey. Personally. Just on a pure win equity basis, yeah? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And you, you get these players that go through peaks and troughs in their careers, and Olsen seems to me that he's on that kind of side of peaking back towards something that could be towards his best. I mean, at his best, he was well inside the world's top 50. He's right a couple, wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a capable lad. And, you know, there's been external stuff that's held him back. We, You know, it's well documented. We don't need to run through that. But, um, you know, in terms of his actual golf playing and his form, um, that win at the Belfry's got to give him a stack of confidence, particularly in the way that he managed to, to get over the line in the end. And, uh, yeah, I, I'd say this fits him very nicely indeed. Uh, yeah, so I was quite happy to take Olsen. Also quite happy to take a Sammy Valamaki. I've got an early 50 to 1. There's 45 still out there at the moment. I expect you'll go off between 33s and 40s. So if you fancy a bit of Sammy um, earlier rather than later is probably the way to play him. And he's been a real eye-catcher lately in terms of his stats. Uh, it seemed to have turned the corner. He lost, from his own words, lost the enjoyment in the, in the game, having won the Oman Open back a couple of years ago, which is strange, really, for a guy who's so young and so capable. But um, started to improve. Showed a couple of uh, early season signs, a couple of top 20s. And I remember backing him. I'm sure it must have been the Qatar Masters where I backed him uh, for a similar kind of logic to this week. Um, after he'd finished, or he'd strung a couple of top 20s together in the space of two or three starts. I think he finished 40th that week, so it didn't actually do anything for me. But in more recent times, he's started to show some form. Uh, fourth at the BMW International Open, 30th at the Irish, 24th at the Scottish Open in the last few weeks. Total driving is the number that really sticks out to me. And I know it's an old traditional stat and um, it's been surpassed by a lot of these strokes gained data um, since but it's still something that I tend to look at just for sparks and he has finished fifth fifth and third for total driving over that stretch of um, events 
With that, strokes gained seed to green has also been positive all three events as well. And that's a big step forward. If you look to where he was struggling when his game seemingly had gone, a lot of it was just um, his, his strokes gained seed to green, his long game, his long game, his total driving, all of it was just um, was just down the pan. It appears that he's found that and got that back, which is the uh, the signal that I've been looking for. Because we know he can putt. We know he's a really good putter. He was first for strokes gained putting in Germany. He was first for strokes game putting at the Olympics last year, finished 27th. Um, I think combine that putting with a longer game, which is really starting to fire, he could go well this week at a decent mid-price. And this week reminds me, the level of the, the play reminds me a lot of that Oman open win where he, he got himself over the line. So yeah, I thought anywhere between 40 and 50 to 1 is a decent enough price on Sammy Valamaki this week. Two longer prices. Um, Ewan Ferguson are back to 80 to 1. He got over the line in the end of Qatar earlier this year. That was his first DP World Tour title. Um, always a decent barometer for Lynx Golf, that, that track over in Doha um, in Qatar. It's always one that I tend to go back and, uh, and use as a, a as just a, a, a note for players that uh, could play well on Lynx tracks further down the line. I know it's Middle East, um, but there's there's certainly some correlation there. Now, if you look back at Ewan Ferguson, before that, he'd blown a four-shot lead in Kenya a few weeks before. He talked in an interview afterwards. You know, he was obviously disappointed, as you would be. Um, he talked about how he'd use that experience the next time he was in contention um, to, to his benefit. And uh, so it proved he got himself over the line in Qatar in impressive style. Um, since then, he's been starting well and not really finishing it off. Top 20 after day one on five of his last six starts. I've been starting really nicely and then just kind of drifting away. And I wonder if he can put it all together this week on a course that should suit. Lynx golf should suit him. Uh, he was 17th for the Dunhill Lynx last year. He won the Boys Amateur Championship down the road at Hoylake, um, at, or down the coast at Hoylake, as a 17-year-old a few years ago. So he's got some good Lynx credentials, Ewan Ferguson, coupled out with the Qatar Masters win. And um, I think he'd go well at 80s. And the final one uh, is uh, far longer. Dimitrios Papadatos at 350 to 1. Just a small punt on the um, the Greek Australian. Now, perhaps he can uh, follow or take some inspiration, I guess, from uh, his compatriot, or how do you describe a Greek Australian semi-compatriot to, to, to Cam Smith's effort last week over at uh, St Andrews. Now, he, he was there at St Andrews, actually. He qualified for the Open, having won the Vic Open back in February. Now, you remember the Vic Open. That's the one that played at um, 13th Beach. They used to, for a while, it was co-sanctioned with the DP World, or what was then the European Tour. Um, on its own now back on the Australasian tour but he won there um, in February that got him a spot in the Open this year um, he'd also won previously at 13th Beach at the Vic Open so he's got two wins there um, coastal linksy style course he was also second to Abraham Anser at the 2018 Australian Open now that was at the Lakes course in Sydney which is another really good pointer for coastal linksy style golf as well I think um, and that was in decent decent form decent uh, in, in decent company as well uh, if you look at his recent form there's not a great deal there he's been um, he's been pretty quiet over the last few weeks and that's why you're getting this monumental 350 to 1 but prior to that he's got three top 10 finishes in 2022 as well as that win that I've described plus he played here back in 2019 at the British Masters finished 15th so for a player so far down the betting board, um, I was quite happy to take a small punt on 
Demetrios Papadatos at 350. So Papadatos, I've probably mulled his name there again. Papadatos, 350. Ewan Ferguson, 80 to 1. And Sammy Valimaki, 50s. And Theobjorn Olsson at 28 to 1. My four for this week. Barry, you you plucked any winners out of this? Or a winner? Uh, I've also backed Ferguson. Um, yeah, actually, I've read your... I hadn't read your preview. He sounds sounds a good first-round leader pick as well, from what you're saying. 60 to 1, I'm seeing. uh, Seven places each way with Boyle's first-round leader, Mm. Ferguson. He gets a decent decent tea time, yeah. As soon as Paul says he's been getting off to a hot start recently, I was like, auto bet the first-round leader. (laughs) He'll probably be 78 or whatever this time round, but yeah. so yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, nothing more, nothing more to add. And the only other one I'm adding is Niall Carney from Ireland. Mm, yeah, Patriot yeah. bet. If I would have had a fifth bet, Barry, it would have been Niall Carney. I was really close. I just, I, I just wanted to keep my card quite tight this week, post major. Um, and mm. uh, but yes, there's. There's something percolating with him. There's a bit of uh, there's a bit of form bubbling away under the surface there, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him go well. Yeah, we that's that's my that's my lot for the week. Just the two. Mm. I've got two comments to make. Jump. I might I might do a Bobby Mac T two double each way. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, yeah, you can see it. You could see them both in in the frame, and you, you play. You know, if they both finish, if you get extended places, both finish in the top six, seven, whatever, mm. you'll end up with yeah. a half decent return. I can see that. So I might do a Bobby Mac T two Tony double each way, and then I was just, you know, me. I'm completely ainly retentive when it comes to golf and golf betting. I absolutely love the micro detail because I'm just sad like that. Jamie Lovemark. Mm. Jamie Lovemark is in this field. Yeah. Why? So I had a quick look on the old official world golf ranking. He has been playing irregularly, the Corn Ferry. And he had a run at it recently. Uh, he's he's played, uh, what, five events in six weeks. Miscut, miscut, 37th, 11th in Wichita, Miscut in the main open. And he's now playing the Kazoo Classic. So fair play to him. I'd love to shake his hand and thank him for coming over and playing a bit of um, DP World Tour goal. Yes, but yeah, that's a, that's a name on a betting but I have not seen for years. Jamie Lovemark. Mm. I can remember when he used to go off at 16-1 to 1 in second division PGA Tour events and mm. disappoint every time. <laughs> a bit like... It was a bit, a bit like a kind of earlier Patrick Rogers character. Mm. Always looked great statistically. And, Never did uh, it. Yeah, it wasn't so great. Yeah, Patrick, Jamie Lovemark. That took me by yeah. surprise, that though. Yeah, no, it's, it wasn't one I was expecting on the uh, entry <laughs> list. Awesome. He, he must be on holiday still. <laughs> Who's going to be the next Tory leader, Paul? Do we have a bet on that? <laughs> um, no, politics not my game, mate. No. I think that's us then, chaps, yeah? Yeah, all good. All good. Best of luck, guys. Good luck, boys. Best of luck to you too. Best of luck to the uh, listeners. 
again, if anyone's got an answer, anyone can add some clarity to that FedEx. Because again, Steve, ainly retentive. I'd love to know what's happening with these FedEx Cup rankings, and clearly, what they're going to do with them. Because we've got players in there that aren't going to be playing in the FedEx Cup or having PGO Tour cards in the future. So no, get get back to me if you've got any kind of answer on that. That'd be most appreciative. We'll be back next week. What have you got next week, Paul? It's the Hero Open at Fairmont St. Andrews. That's right. And we've got the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit, which I'm rather looking forward to, actually. So um, we will see you then. Cheerio. Enjoy your golf bet. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more because it's the golf betting system the golf betting